And we start this episode of Roto Underworld Radio by kicking it to our sideline reporter, Jim. Jim, give us a report from the field as you watch Laquan Treadwell work out at his Mississippi Pro Day. Laquan Treadwell. Ugh. There was a hope, a glimmer, that because he skipped the 40-yard dash and the agility drills at the NFL Scouting Combine, that he would work on his technique, he would come to his pro day, and he would exceed expectations. And that didn't happen. Laquan Treadwell's 40-yard dash time topped out at 4.63, and we adjust that on playerprofiler.com, adding five one-hundredths of a second, giving Laquan Treadwell a 4.68. 40 yard dash time. Ooh. It's not very good. Laquan Treadwell is relatively tall and relatively muscular, however, 220 pounds. So his height adjusted speed score is about average 94.3. That's 44th percentile. Not awful. To put that in context, Keenan Allen's height-adjusted speed score, 84.9, 17th percentile. Anquan Bolden's speed score, 88.7, 27th percentile. So it could have been worse. How about that Laquan Treadwell agility score? Well, when you add up the 40-yard shuttle... Did I say 40-yard shuttle? (laughs) His agility score was the equivalent of a 40-yard shuttle. Did he just run the 40-yard shuttle? No, that was actually the 20-yard shuttle. Oh, really? (laughs) That's some player's 40-yard shuttle time, Laquan. (laughs) Anyway, when you add up the 20-yard shuttle and the three-cone drill, Laquan Treadwell's agility score was 1130, 35th percentile. Now we're starting to understand where all these fart noises are coming from, (laughs) right? It all adds up to a bottom percentile spark score. On playerprofiler.com, in the data analysis tool, and you can see the data analysis tool at the top on the toolbar across the top. Click that, and you can query wide receivers, and through that tool, you can also access playerprofiler.com's proprietary athleticism score, which is similar to the SparkX score, which is also a playerprofiler.com metric, which is our approximation of Nike's Spark score. Our athleticism score, on the other hand, weights height and weight more heavily. So we do more adjusting with our athleticism score and it's friendlier to the bigger receivers. So Kelvin Benjamin has an upper percentile athleticism score on playerprofiler.com even though his spark score is below average. Laquan Treadwell's athleticism score is better than his Spark X score because the athleticism score, unlike the Spark X, is factoring in height and weight in a way that makes sense because you want your receivers to be bigger and you want your receivers to be taller, all else being equal. So after I saw this underwhelming pro day from Laquan Treadwell, I went straight to Twitter because why not go to football Twitter and see what the wannabe NFL scouts are saying, those that had Laquan Treadwell ranked number one and refused to lower their ranking on Laquan Treadwell even after Josh Doxson blew Laquan Treadwell away at the NFL scouting combine, even though Corey Coleman has shown himself to be better than Laquan Treadwell by almost every measure with the exception of size. And even though Leonte Carew is both 
both more athletic and was much more productive at the college level than Laquan Treadwell. Still, many wannabe NFL draft analysts will not relinquish Laquan Treadwell from the number one position. Nothing can stop these people from ranking Laquan Treadwell at number one. Nothing can stop them! Commence the Laquan Treadwell rationalization campaign! How can you possibly justify continuing to rank Laquan Treadwell as your number one wide receiver in this draft class? Well, here's how. We knew Laquan Treadwell was not a burner anyway, quote-unquote. Yeah, see, we already knew he wasn't fast. We don't rank him number one because of athleticism or production. We rank him number one because he had some really cool-looking catches. And we value cool-looking catches above all else. That's why we have Laquan Treadwell ranked number one. That's the only rationalization there is! The blatant anchoring effect in the film grinder community is a marvel to behold. And it reminded me of a quote from Sean Siegel that appeared in Rotoviz two years ago. And it was about Keenan Allen, another player that is winning at the NFL level despite subpar athleticism. Siegel writes as follows. It's a bit of an upset that we find ourselves here nearly a decade after excellent sites like Football Outsiders and Advanced Football Stats began prophesizing to the masses. But the odd thing happened along the way to our statistical nirvana. While the internet brought sabermetrics to the casual baseball fan, it brought tape grinding, quote unquote, to the armchair quarterback football fan. Inspiring a cottage industry of amateur draft nicks, the NFL draft quickly became an event. The cottage morphed into a sprawling metropolis. Regardless of your take on scouts versus analysts, this is unequivocally a good thing. It's a good thing? Yeah, it's a good thing. I agree with Sean Siegel. He continues, It's a good thing because what's good for football is good for anybody who loves football. And that's all of us. And that's true. The more people that are engaged in football, the more people that become passionate about football, for whatever reason, that's good for all of us. If you want to spend 20 hours a week pouring over a game film, that's good. That's better than not participating in the sport of football at all, right? Just because it's inefficient to pour over 20 hours of film a week doesn't mean it's not great that we have these people in the community participating and engaging with us. It's great. It's also a good thing, Sean Siegel goes on to say, because the emphasis on tape study appears to be fueling inefficiencies that would otherwise close. As a fantasy player, you can take advantage. And I thought that was interesting because film grinding in and of itself is an inefficient exercise and its prevalence in fantasy football has created additional inefficiencies. So there's some irony there. I love sports sometimes. That's just one of those situations where I read that after reading these rationalizations for holding firm with Laquan Treadwell at number one. And it all made sense. I just sat back in my chair and thought, ah, sports, ah. So on one side, we have these film grinders who don't care about Treadwell's lack of athleticism. And they don't care about Treadwell's anemic college dominator rating, 29%, which is 45th percentile. They don't care about any of that. Remember, the film grinders only care that Laquan Treadwell looks cool on the football field. That's really all it comes down to. But then there's this other side of the spectrum. The far end of the other side is where the metrics fanatics congregate. And I don't always agree with the people on the far side of that either. Sometimes I find myself in the middle of the spectrum. 
Now on the far side of the football analysis spectrum, where the metrics fanatics congregate, I'm reading that age-adjusted college production is all that matters. They've distilled it down to this one number. Age-adjusted college production, that's all you need to look at. That is the ultimate skeleton key. That unlocks every door. Look at this one number, call it good. Sort your list of wide receivers by this one number, and there you have your rankings. Done! <laughs> done! All done! All done with my rankings, guys! Found that one number, sorted it. Hit go. Submit. My rankings are in. I got it. I know who's the best, I know who's the worst. It's that easy! It's not that easy. It's really not. Because the statement age-adjusted college production is all that matters is simply not true. We know that size and athleticism matter in athletics. It's intuitive. You want your athletes to be big and strong and fast. It's not just intuitive. It's empirical. There is a clear correlation between size and athleticism and NFL success. It's just that college production matters more than those things. Sure, it matters more than those things, but you want players that exist in the intersection of size, college dominance, athleticism. And the number we quote on this show more than any other is college dominator rating. Why? Because college dominance is the most important input factor in any prospect evaluation methodology. I must have stated this on 57 shows by now. But just because age-adjusted college production is the most important factor doesn't negate the other input factors. Size and athleticism are not nullified by that one number. I have some bad news for anyone that believes that age-adjusted college production is all that matters. This is a bad year to stake out that particular position based on the wide receivers who are in this 2016 draft class. And I'm thinking specifically of Rashard Higgins, Laquan Treadwell, and Tyler Boyd. And the poster child for dominant college producer that doesn't fit the profile of a dominant NFL producer is Rashard Higgins. Because remember, if all that mattered was age-adjusted college production, then everyone would be drafting Rashard Higgins over Josh Doxson in your dynasty rookie drafts. And no one will be doing that. Zero. There is not one fantasy analyst in America. There isn't one fantasy analyst on planet Earth that could find a way using an evidence-based process to justify drafting Rashad Higgins over Josh Doxson. It's just not possible. I don't believe it. And I read a lot of fantasy articles. I listen to a lot of fantasy podcasts. Who am I kidding? Did I just say that? How did I just say that with a straight face? You know I read very few articles, and I listen to almost no fantasy podcasts. I can't believe I just said that with a straight face. God! I, I did. That was... Wow. Oof. That was some kind of pathological liar-type statement that I just made. Woo! Surprised myself there. But in my mind's eye, if I were imagining people writing articles or hosting podcasts, I can't imagine how they would justify ranking Rashard Higgins over Josh Doxson, for example. Because I understand that college dominator is the most important thing. Even more specifically, age-adjusted college dominance is the most important thing, but it isn't the only thing that matters. Julio Jones was not a college mega producer, 
but he paired solid college production with elite athleticism that made him one of the size speed specimens of the past decade. The best prospects exist in the intersection of elite athleticism and prolific production. And so the theory that all that matters is age-adjusted college production will be conveniently disproved by Rashard Higgins this season. Because on playerprofiler.com, you'll find that at Colorado State, Rashard Higgins was less productive while also being less athletic than his best comparable player in the database, Titus Davis. And for that reason, I have Rashard Higgins ranked at number 10 on my rookie wide receiver dynasty rankings. If all that mattered was age-adjusted college production, I would have Rashard Higgins ranked in the top five. But I don't. I have him at number 10 because his best comparable player is Titus Davis, which tells you something. No matter how dominant you were at the college level, if you do not possess requisite size and athleticism, then the likelihood that you will be a fantasy viable wide receiver is diminished. So because I factor in stature, Rashard Higgins is only 6'1", 196. And because I factor in athleticism, I do not have Rashard Higgins in my top five. But there are rationalizations for Rashard Higgins, just like there are film grinders out there rationalizing their ranking for Laquan Treadwell. There are also advanced metrics grinders rationalizing a high ranking for Rashard Higgins. The rationalization for Rashard Higgins is, well, Anquan Bolden and Keenan Allen were both mega college producers with bottom percentile athleticism, and they went on to be NFL mega producers. And that's true. The problem is Keenan Allen and Anquan Bolden were not thin. These are big, durable wide receivers. Rashard Higgins is svelte. Rashard Higgins does not comp to players like Anquan Bolden and Keenan Allen because he's not big enough. Size matters. That's why I have Laquan Treadwell ranked ahead of Rashard Higgins, because being 6'2", 220 matters for Laquan Treadwell. And it's not just those three things either. It's not just age-adjusted production and stature and athleticism. We talked to John Moore about Tyler Boyd, and he talked about many other data points to consider beyond dominator rating and breakout age. When John Moore came on the Football Diehard show, you should check that out. Go to Football Diehard's pod. John Moore and I sat down and did a whole wide receiver breakdown, all the rookie wide receivers. And John Moore's evaluation of rookie wide receivers had significant nuance. He's looking at data points such as special teams production and rushing production to build a better picture of the all-around athlete. And for that reason, he continues to like Tyler Boyd as a prospect, even though Tyler Boyd's athleticism completely underwhelmed at the combine. 4, 5, 8, 40, 32nd percentile, 117.3 burst score, 30th percentile. But there was an encouraging metric on the Tyler Boyd workout metrics profile. 1125 agility score is about average. So Tyler Boyd was a mega producer at the college level was a great special teams player, and has agility. He has more working in his favor than Rashad Higgins, for example. That's why if you go to playerprofiler.com forward slash player dash rankings, you'll see that we have Tyler Boyd ranked number six among rookie wide receivers, and we have Rashad Higgins ranked at number 10. That's the difference. When John Moore came on, that's the justification that John Moore laid out for us. He is a college football expert. He is a college football metrics expert. And when he came on, he wasn't distilling every player down to one number, age-adjusted production. No. He was expanding the scope of our discussion, bringing in lots of interesting data points. And if you go back and listen to that podcast, you will be convinced that Tyler Boyd has a future at the NFL level. Rashard Higgins, the argument is less convincing. 
I want to look at the production specifically. As a freshman at Pittsburgh in 2013, Tyler Boyd posted 85 receptions for 1,174 yards and seven touchdowns, in addition to 100 rushing yards. That's incredible. And then last year, his junior year, before he came out, he posted 349 rushing yards. This is a versatile athlete who knows his way around a football field. If you had to find one wide receiver in this draft class who understands how to take advantage of the creases and crevices on a football field, who understands how to get leverage on defenders in a way that is instinctual, that you can't measure with workout metrics, the production that Tyler Boyd posted at Pittsburgh points to a player who is more than the sum of his metrics. Rashard Higgins, less so. Rashard Higgins was not used as a running back, and he wasn't used on special teams. So because he's smaller, was less productive as a freshman, and didn't display the same kind of versatility that Tyler Boyd did, I must rank Rashard Higgins several players below Tyler Boyd on my rookie wide receiver dynasty rankings. Now I have some really good news. Today is our inaugural sponsorship live read. I want to welcome Reality Sports Online to the Roto Underworld family. And this is an important day. We've been doing this podcast for free, without a sponsor, for years. And the listenership has grown and grown, and I appreciate it. But it's now grown to a place where potential sponsors are noticing, and they want to partner with us. And all of you have made that possible. If you weren't listening to the show, it wouldn't be possible. They wouldn't be interested. But because... Hardcore fantasy gamers flock to this show and in my bones truly appreciate that fact. Because of that, this podcast is brought to you by realitysportsonline.com. And what's interesting about Reality Sports Online and why I was excited to have them sponsor the show, because I've had other opportunities. Other companies expressed interest in sponsoring the show. And I looked at those companies and I said, well, eh. I can't with a straight face advocate to my audience that they should go visit your website or buy your product. But with Reality Sports Online, it's different because it's a fantasy platform that lets you manage a fantasy team like an actual NFL general manager. We talk about this all the time. Some fantasy gamers, I believe, would be more successful NFL GMs than the actual NFL GMs because they would use a more clinical, rational approach to building a roster. With Reality Sports Online, you can now do exactly that. They have a powerful new platform that allows fantasy owners to build and manage fantasy teams as if you were an actual general manager. And what I mean by that is that they have a platform that was designed by NFL front office personnel. And it now has features that you can only find on Reality Sports Online, such as a free agent auction room that mimics NFL free agency. Mimics the whole process. It enables fantasy owners to complete deals with one another by negotiating as if they were NFL general managers. You can sign the NFL's top talent. You can decide what kind of contract structure you want to give the player. And it makes sense that the platform would host 32 teams. It essentially allows one to create a complete shadow league of the NFL. It's amazing. It's something I've always wondered if it would be invented. I always thought to myself, well, I know 12-team league, everybody has a great team if you really think about it. But imagine a league that was set up that allowed you to act as if it were a real NFL franchise with 32 teams. Reality Sports Online has that platform. Finally, it has arrived. 
and they have a lot of cool features beyond free agency auction room, rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tagging, injured reserve, salary cap. I mean, the whole thing. And what's interesting is you can test your skills as a real NFL general manager by going to realitysportsonline.com and participating in a mock free agency auction. And I'd like all my listeners, if you have five minutes, if you have 10 minutes, just try it. Just go to realitysportsonline.com, try out their free auction tool. And if you like what you see, you can join a league or start a new league. And when you do that, type in the promo code UNDERWORLD. Again, type in the promo code UNDERWORLD and you can get a 10% discount when you sign up for a league on realitysportsonline.com. And I hope all listeners support that site. And by supporting that site, by extension, you're supporting the show. So I appreciate our first sponsor. It's a big moment. And I know that the Underworld minions and buzzards alike will support our sponsor because it's in the best interest of the show. Now, another show I do... It's called the Sonic Truth Podcast. And on that show, in the last show we just did, you can go to iTunes and search for Sonic Truth Pod. We talked about size-adjusted athleticism, specifically about Sammy Coates. We were comparing Sammy Coates to Martavis Bryant. Have you ever wondered why the Steelers drafted Sammy Coates a full round earlier than they drafted Martavis Bryant in 2014? That was one of the shock selections of the 2015 NFL Draft was the Sammy Coates selection. At the time, everyone thought, "What, what are they doing? That is a redundant player to Martavis Bryant. But Martavis Bryant has already proven that he can succeed on an NFL football field against NFL caliber defensive backs. Sammy Coates hasn't proved that. In fact, at the Combine, Sammy Coates had some embarrassing drops during the drills. So it was pretty clear to everyone at the time that that was a throwaway pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was a luxury pick. Now, in hindsight, looking back, Martavis Bryant is out for the year. He's been suspended after multiple violations of the league's substance abuse policy since the last time he violated the league's substance abuse policy. It wasn't that he violated the league's substance abuse policy, got suspended, and then violated it again later on. No, he violated the league's substance abuse policy. Then he had multiple violations in the time leading up to the next announcement about his violations. So he is a serial violator of the league's substance abuse policy. And you had to think, looking back now, when the Steelers drafted Sammy Coates, they probably knew that Martavis Bryant was having issues off the field, even if it wasn't made public until months after the 2015 NFL draft. It makes sense now. It all makes sense. So knowing that the Sammy Coates draft pick makes a lot more sense in retrospect, I think Sammy Coates deserves a retrospective review of his profile. And when you look at the Sammy Coates profile, it is astounding. 6'1", 212, he has the size. 4'4", 340, with that size comes out to a 110.189th percentile height adjusted speed score. To go along with a 135.2 burst score. And on playerprofile.com, burst score is the vertical jump and the broad jump equally weighted into one metric. And even his agility score was good, 11.04, above average. You add that all up, his catch radius, 10.36, 97th percentile. His best comparable player on playerprofile.com is Torrey Smith, because Torrey Smith now is viewed as an unimpressive NFL player. No one is excited about Torrey Smith. All of the hype has been drained from Torrey Smith. When you think Torrey Smith, you immediately think, Ugh. 
just underwhelming. Part of it's because his quarterback is Blaine Gabbert. But Sammy Coates, his quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. So you take a guy who's even more athletic than Martavis Bryant was, put him in the same position with Ben Roethlisberger as the stretch X player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have Whedon in the slot, you have Brown at flanker, and in three receiver sets, Martavis Bryant played the X receiver position, and that's where they're going to put Sammy Coates. They're going to post him up out wide and have him stretch the field and make big plays. In two consecutive seasons at Auburn, Sammy Coates exceeded 21.0 yards per reception. Sammy Coates is the definition of a big play downfield threat, as was Martavis Bryant. Only Sammy Coates hasn't been violating the league's substance abuse policy. Martavis Bryant did. That's really the difference here that I can see. Now compare Sammy Coates to Rashard Higgins. Sammy Coates' college dominator rating was only 29.5. It was better his sophomore year, and then he regressed in his junior year. So we average his sophomore year and his junior year dominator rating on playerprofile.com comes out to a 29.5%. That's only 47th percentile. It's not great. That's the reason why Sammy Coates fell to the third round. Usually, a guy with that athleticism is a first-round pick. In fact, after his sophomore season, Sammy Coates was projected to be a first-round pick. And then because he regressed so badly in his junior year, he fell to the third round. And I'm sure the Steelers were thinking, wow, we just got a first-round caliber athlete in the third round. But Sammy Coates exemplifies why athleticism matters. If all that mattered was age-adjusted production, then no player with a college dominator rating under the 50th percentile should even be drafted. Why even bother? In every round of the NFL draft, you can find players with above-average college dominator ratings. So why even bother drafting a Sammy Coates? You draft a Sammy Coates because he could be the next Martavis Bryant. That's why. Because Sammy Coates has a higher ceiling than Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins' college dominator rating was 43.6%. That's 85th percentile. Yet his spark score was 85.9. Sammy Coates is the opposite player. 29.5% college dominator rating. 139.099th percentile spark X score on playerprofile.com. So again, if you're hanging out in the far end of the spectrum, if you're an advanced metrics fanatic who wants to distill everything down to one number, age-adjusted production, and you have a choice, Sammy Coates... And I'm talking about in a vacuum. I'm not saying on the Steelers. Let's pretend, just for argument's sake, that Rashard Higgins will be drafted by the Steelers in 2016. Both on the Steelers. Who would you rather have, Rashard Higgins or Sammy Coates? I would take Sammy Coates. That's where I disagree with those that only care about age-adjusted production. Well, then the question is, well, if Sammy Coates and Laquan Treadwell have the same college dominator rating, and they both have above-average size, and the main difference between Treadwell and Coates is athleticism, wouldn't you rather have Sammy Coates? Well, <laughs> that's going a little too far. Size and athleticism both matter, but I'll admit, it just it doesn't matter as much as college dominance. And that's where Laquan Treadwell has an advantage over Sammy Coates. But what I like about Sammy Coates and what I like about Laquan Treadwell is that they are big. We like big receivers. If all that matters is age-adjusted production, then... You're going to be constantly drafting small, productive receivers during your dynasty rookie draft. And that's fine. But here's a problem. Why do you think every small receiver that's any good gets comped to Antonio Brown? Why is that? Every small, unathletic receiver gets comped to Antonio Brown because there just are very few productive, small receivers at the NFL level that don't have great 40 times and don't have great burst scores. There's just not many of them. Every unathletic small receiver that puts up numbers inevitably ends up being comp to Antonio Brown. Yet, 
When there's a large receiver like Kiaris Garrett or Laquan Treadwell, we have a wealth of options at the NFL level to compare them to. So I believe that Sammy Coates may be the ultimate post-college hype sleeper.